0: This time on episode 366 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We talk WandaVision season one, episode eight, previously on. We talk weekly Marvel news, and we talk your feedback.
1: I'm S.P. from Better Podcasting, a show dedicated to help make your podcast better. And it is part of the Get a Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other insightful and wonderful geeky shows at gunnigeeknetwork You have been granted clearance by Director Alfonso Mac Mackenzie. Stand by for a
2: shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified
1: and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director.
0: Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle.
1: And I'm producer of the show, Agent SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, February 28th, 2021, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast... Magic Realm Wide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Tooth Fairy Day. So this is the day when we celebrate The Rock, right?
0: Sure. He was in a movie called The Tooth Fairy.
1: Right? Yeah. It's a very much, you know, Rock's been in the news lately too, so this is totally appropriate that we celebrate Tooth. Also, wasn't there a Tooth Fairy in Santa Claus 3?
0: I never saw Santa Claus 3. Hmm. There was a Tooth Fairy in Hogfather, which is an a holiday classic, both book and miniseries at my house. Oh, and in Rise of the Guardians, there's like a hummingbird-like Tooth Fairy. Huh.
1: There's lots of Tooth Fairies out there. The tooth Fairy's been around since really the mid-1920s, 1927. There was a layout or a playlet for children written by Esther Walken-Arnolds, and this just continues on and on and on. By the way, it is not the only National Tooth Fairy Day of the year. There is another one on August 22nd every year, which is appropriate because it's every six months to celebrate getting your teeth cleaned every six months.
0: That makes sense. I'm seeing in your notes, oh, back in the 20s, people were like, hey, fairies tell you to watch, to brush your teeth. Fairies tell you to eat your vegetables. And that's a big change from if you don't do this, the kukui is going to get you, (laughs) which is.
1: Well, in the 20s, toothpaste was very different. It was mostly peroxide and baking soda. So you kind of had to be motivated.
0: This was before flavor was invented.
1: It, It was indeed. So anyway, today is National Tooth Fairy Day. We hope that you celebrate uh, appropriately. You know, the cost of a tooth these days is about three or four bucks on average, but could be a lot more. A, if dad is the one who is funding the tooth fairy, or B, if the parents don't have time to go to an ATM to prepare for the tooth fairy.
0: Yeah, I I got a quarter.
1: Oh Yeah, <laughs> it, so did I. It was change back then. It could be 20 bucks nowadays because
0: Jeez. that's
1: what you get out of the ATM. So that's what the Tooth Fairy, you know, when the Tooth Fairy goes to the ATM, that's what you get.
2: I had the pillow.
1: The little Tooth Fairy pillow with the pocket in it? Yes. This is a thing? Yeah, my mom made oh, one. Oh,
2: yeah. I had a heart-shaped one and there was a little pouch. Huh. It was so much easier for the
0: quote-unquote tooth fairy to come along and take the pillow and return it it was yeah yeah no i i just put mine under my pillow my sister had a um medical condition where the bones started growing around her baby teeth so she had to get them pulled but we figured this out because she had one tooth that just wouldn't fall and then finally it fell and she was so excited because she was going to get her tooth fairy money and my dad pretended to drink the cup of water that it was resting in to clean it and <laughs> she panicked and it was really gross but really funny
1: <laughs> oh i'm sure there's lots of fun tooth fairy stories out there if you have one please let us know in the meantime we're going to get on with the rest of the show because we got a lot of great stuff to talk about this week legends of shield is a fan-based podcast on the marvel cinematic and comic book universes because of fluffy rabbits with great big pointy teeth if you'd like to talk to us about fluffy rabbits, you
0: can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. We're on Facebook, Legends of Shield Podcast. We're on Twitter at Legends of Shield. We're on YouTube, youtube.com slash You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. You can join our Discord server at GunnaGeek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network.
1: As I alluded to before, we got a lot to talk about. We have the penultimate WandaVision episode. We got a lot of great Marvel news and we have a lot of great feedback all coming at you right now. WandaVision season 1 episode 8 titled Previously on, which was very appropriate, was premiered to Disney Plus on February 26, 2021. Lauren, I don't know who was the director of this episode.
0: Well, it might be a little name that you might have heard of, Matt Shackman, who has directed all the episodes of WandaVision so far. He has 51 directing credits starting in 2002 including One of Judging Amy, one of Six Feet Under, two of Everybody Hates Chris, three of Ugly Betty, five of House, five of Psych, four of Revenge, six of The Good Wife, two of Game of Thrones, and nine episodes of WandaVision.
1: You know, last episode, I said I was going to go back and take a look at how these episodes were actually produced, and they were produced in two separate blocks. They did film in front of a live studio audience. Matter of fact, we saw that studio in this episode. And then they took some time off right when the pandemic hit. It was coincidental. So they were forced to halt production until November of or September, excuse me, September of 2020, which finished in November of 2020. So there was a lot of time in between and they had to switch where they were filming from Georgia to Los Angeles, based on availability and travel and stuff like that. So, just letting everybody know that Matt had his hands full. Michelle wrote this episode.
2: This episode was written by Laura Donny, has two writing credits starting in 2019, including ghosting "The Spirit of Christmas," which is a TV movie, and one "WandaVision." Laura has been the staff writer for the nine episodes of WandaVision. Jack Schaefer is the WandaVision showrunner. Uh, As producer, WandaVision is her first series produced. Six writing credits, including Timer, The Hustle, WandaVision, and Black
1: Widow. Jack also had her hands full with this whole thing. I can't imagine being a producer of a series which was actively being produced at the time that you had to finish. It wasn't like it was cut short like a lot of the television series was that was on broadcast TV or linear TV, whatever you want to call it. So both Matt and Jack had their hands full last year. Previously on, we didn't know the title of the episode last week when we recorded. We know it now. I, I, okay, I'm going to gloat. I was right. We got a flashback previously on. I like it. But before we get more into my gloating, Lauren, what is the meaning behind previously on?
0: In addition to being, you know, the usual, oh, here's what happened previously on the show that led us up to this point. In fact, whenever I think of the phrase previously on, I realized I tend to think of Chloe Bennett saying it, but we are getting basically a deep dive look into Wanda's background as well as a brief look into Agatha's and seeing how exactly we got to this point.
1: It was great that we went over the Salem Witch Trials last Episode. So I had a set mindset because I didn't know that there was no witches actually burned. So that was important information to know going into this episode. But Michelle, previously on, you have anything to add?
2: We also get a a little bit more about Hayward, because we found out he's a little bit on the previously on. And It just wasn't previously on as in just the TV show. Like you said, we got Agatha, we got Wanda. It was really interesting just how far back we got.
1: All right. I'm not the only one that was right. I was right by saying this episode was going to be a rewind that we were going to get flashbacks and stuff like that. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but I knew that we were going to get the background of how this was all created, or at least I hoped just based on it was the penultimate episode and we had to have the finale after that. So I'm glad we got that and I'm glad I was right. You two were also right because this whole time you've been saying that this is Wanda dealing with grief. This is Wanda's movement forward and this is all about Wanda controlling the hex, which as far as we know, she is. So I had surmised That maybe there was something else, maybe a differential between Agatha and Wanda of who's controlling what. But as far as I can tell, Wanda is the one who's controlling everything, which you guys have said all along. So you guys were right as well. So good job.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was a time for theories to be proven and disproven. And okay, I've seen I've personally only seen positive response to this episode. Apparently today. There was a lot of discussion of it on Twitter and people like, it was different. I didn't like it. I don't know. But personally, I really loved this episode. I cried both times I watched it. It was a very good look at grief, PTSD, maladaptive daydreaming stuff that I will get into later.
1: Yeah, what we didn't get with this episode is you didn't get any more Monica, you didn't get any more Darcy, you didn't get any more Special Agent Wu, Pietro. I guess the name we got Pietro out of this or Vision, kind of, sort of. I mean, we in the mid credit scene, we'll get to that later. So anyway, that's a lot of knots. But there was a lot of in the past. I guess we got Pietro in the past.
0: Yeah, we got baby Pietro. Here we didn't even get any of the actual the TV show, which there is no please stand by at the end credits. It's just, it goes into the credits. Just no, please stand by.
1: Maybe that's why there was a lot of people that didn't like the episode because it was out of character other than episode four. It was out of character. You had no sitcom that you were formulating it on. And as I mentioned, I think it was last time, maybe the time before I mentioned that we had run out of time headroom with the sitcoms. And that's probably why we didn't have any more sitcom in this one. And I don't think we'll have it next week as well, based on the fact that Wanda has figured out what's going on.
0: We have that. We have a little bit more of an explanation for why this is specifically a sitcom world. I've seen a lot of speculation that did turn out to be right, which was, yeah, as a kid, you know, growing up in post Soviet Eastern Bloc country, they had, we find out that her dad, Bought and sold, not bootlegs because they were the official cover art, but DVDs of American TV shows. And the ones that he takes home because the ones that Wanda specifically likes are sitcoms because they're in a war zone. It's a small family in a war zone trying to raise their kids and trying to keep everything as normal as possible. And that really connected to Wanda. Yeah,
1: Wanda's just a TV junkie. She likes the sitcoms. And we see that later on, she says, well, it's not really. It's not that type of show because Malcolm in the middle the father didn't get hurt. Brian Cranston, which was great to see him on screen again, by the way, in, in WandaVision. Michelle, the intro was a little bit different this time.
2: We got a regular Marvel introduction. And then it turned purple, which showed that we're going to get a little bit of Agatha. And we did. It started with Agatha. I liked the fake out because, again, we talked about how witches weren't burned. And then here's Agatha going to the stake and then being asked if she was a witch. And I like the fake out how (laughs) it's like, oh, this is the Salem witch trials and she's going to be burned at the stake. And no, it was this time. Oh, you are a witch. Well, then how come you betrayed your coven? It was a really good fake out. I enjoyed that. And it really sort of showed that Agatha is the one that dictates the previously on because she wants to know what was previously happening to Wanda because she wants to get at what Wanda can do.
0: So remember last episode, I was trying to remember something right there at the very end that I was going to bring up. Apparently, it was, you know, the whole modern family section that when somebody asks, do you feel like you deserve this, something like that? And she goes, you're not supposed to talk. If you pitch adjust that voice, it's Katherine Hans, but pitched two things lower. So here we find out that, yes, in addition to being a witch way back when, I also appreciated that fake out as an insufferable pedant that I am. I was getting ready to complain about there were no people burned in Salem and this isn't the type of outfits that Puritans wore. And then it turns out, oh, these are witches doing a special witch thing. But we find out that Agatha popped up here because she's trying to find out how Wanda did it. We find out Agatha has been studying for, I guess, presumably like 400, 500 years at this point and is only capable of a fraction of what Wanda is capable of. She mentions, you know, it took years of study before I could even do the smallest image. And here Wanda is manipulating a whole town all at once with no idea how.
1: And that's important because Agatha's not a non powerful witch she's very powerful- she took on her whole coven and her mother and won so it's not like she's a just a run of the mill closet witch she knows what she's doing when
0: I was watching and I tweeted about this, I kept thinking, if you've ever seen the movie Mozart or the play that it's based on, it's all about the relationship between Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and believe antonio salieri it's salieri whatever but in history the rivalry wasn't nearly as huge as it was portrayed in there but you have this extremely talented but person who had to work hard for where they're at and a prodigy who just seems to get there effortlessly and i saw a lot of that dynamic with agatha and wanda it's You have somebody who all this just comes naturally to her. She's so far beyond what anybody expects, what anybody should be. And then you have Agatha, who is, yeah, fantastic compared to, you know, the other witches in her coven, other magic users. But it's child's play compared to where Wanda's at.
1: And I was wondering if there was somebody behind Agatha or not. I still think there's a possibility. I still think there's a possibility, Michelle, you brought up Hayward before. I still think that there's a possibility that Hayward might have something more underlying. And I don't know if the two are one or not. Doesn't really matter. We'll see next episode. But Agatha is very knowledgeable all on her own. The other thing is I wasn't sure. So this gets into the vision and he purchased the empty lot and there's some speculation that it might not have been vision and the house right next door in the basement is enchanted or did it become enchanted because Agatha made it
2: enchanted It became enchanted. Okay. It became when she sensed Wanda doing what she did. She said, I felt all this magic. And then she came in, which is where we saw with the, you know, Agatha all along song, which is still, still in my head even a week later you know she comes in she takes over that house and like we keep saying she's very talented and she knows how to set up she just went look these are basic protection runes don't you realize that they're witch in this space and it's the only one that could do magic this is you know magic 101 Wanda how come you don't know this so it became after the fact that basement was not enchanted Agatha took a day to do that and then tried to wake up Wanda in various ways, including the, as we learned the fake Pietro, because she said necromancy is a no go. And besides his body was full of holes. So it's not like I could do that anyway. So it it was interesting to learn the origin of that, which it was really cool that find out he was just an illusion, but I'm glad they were able to use Evan Peters for that just to get, our minds are going.
1: I still have questions about that. I still think there might be a level deeper of that. I will go with that explanation for right now for Pietro, but I still wonder if those mutants will be crossing over or not, or if we get into a multiverse situation, are we going to see some of the characters for that or not? I don't know. I would think Pietro as Pietro would be a key candidate for that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you in thinking that it's not as cut and dried as Agatha's laying it out to be. So we'll see. We'll see it in a couple days, I guess.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's right. We're recording this on Sunday. This coming Friday will be the finale episode of WandaVision. So just uh, four days away or so. Well, we got a lot into the grief. And one of the things that I want to talk about is the bomb scene. And the fact that that was really Wanda's origin of her power, that she used a probability hex, according to Agatha, in order to keep the bomb from going off. We speculated long time ago when we were covering the Avengers Age of Ultron that it might be something like that. But we actually get to see it on the screen and we get to see that this was at least her first known use of powers, even though she didn't realize it was her known first use of power.
0: Yeah, I believe it was in Age of Ultron, and you're going to have to correct me if not, because I haven't seen that movie, I think, since it came out. But where she mentions that a Stark bomb came through, didn't explode, but it killed her parents, and they were stuck in that apartment for two days. And we hear that again here. And we see that again here. It's the happy family settling down for a nice night of TV. And then explosion bomb comes through. She's staring at that Stark logo. The blinking, which I believe we talked about in the first episode, relating it to probably that bomb. You know, we see it again here. And yeah, who wouldn't be traumatized by that? And that's only the first in a long line of things that Wanda goes through.
1: Yeah, immediately when they sit down for movie night or whatever, first of all, it's a short show, so you know you're not going to sit there for quite some time unless they do a visual montage of, of them watching or whatever. But you see the fighting down on the street, and you're like, oh, no, this is not going to end well. First of all, I was taking a little bit out of it because I'm like, with all that fighting, hour would be out, I would think, but whatever. Um,
0: Not necessarily. Okay, so I'm not the biggest expert on this, but. A movie that I really, really like is called Under the Shadow and it takes place in Iran in about current days and it's about a mother and her son and a possibly haunted apartment building and, you know, there's a war going on. So the power's always in and out and from what I understand, you just kind of take advantage of it when you have it.
1: And they were taking advantage of it while they were watching the thing and as parents try to distract the kids or whatever with something, which is what they were doing, watching the sitcoms. Moving on, Wanda decides to join a terrorist organization to fight the terrorism that she was subject to with her parents, with Pietro. And we get to see her first interaction with the Mind Stone, which was interesting out of Loki's scepter.
0: We knew that it happened. We just haven't seen it before now. And speaking of that, oh, you joined an anti-freedom terrorist organization. It's been really interesting hearing Agatha repeat a lot of the same criticisms that I've heard from both critics and audiences in terms of, like, Wanda's characterization, the accent going in and out, the backstory, just all of this stuff. And so it kind of adds that little meta fourth wall element to it. But, yeah, she goes in... And they're having people just go up and try to touch the Mind Stone. Well, Loki's scepter. We don't know it's the Mind Stone at that point. And we find out that pretty much everybody who's done it has died. There's been no other survivors. And she's the first one. So she goes up, it floats out. And I really like how you put it in the notes. It's the Guardian of the Galaxy Infinity Stone moment. We have that same sort of visual effect of like thrown into this bright color and light, except that in this version, we see a very familiar outline,
1: which is the Scarlet Witch. Scar- Witch,
0: which is again, also fitting with the comics where the Scarlet Witch is, you know, a title.
1: Right.
2: And it was interesting to see that the Hydra people didn't actually on the camera. It's just she's standing there and then she passes out. They really don't know what happened in there, but we see the, the yellow energy go over her and all that.
1: Yeah, she was rewriting the time. She was rewriting the cuts, the the production in which nobody saw it. So that was kind of interesting. So she's had a history of doing a lot of the stuff that she ends up doing within the hex in WandaVision or Westview, New Jersey. Now, we don't see what happens to Vision and Wanda in Endgame and in the uh, Infinity War movie, but we do see what remains of Vision at Sword Headquarters, which, by the way, the art for that was based off a plot of the launch to Kennedy Space Center area, by the way. Just if you're looking for where that was, that's CGI based off of Kennedy Space Center. But she goes into the sword headquarters to find vision. She knows vision is in there, the body of vision. She wants to have a funeral and director Hayward is like, well, I don't know. This is a very expensive amount of vibranium. And we have this duty to protect the world. And I don't think we can just bury this body. It would be irresponsible for us to do. So I can understand a lot of what he was saying, but I also understand Wanda's need for resolution and what happens is very impactful of Wanda telling them to stop cutting this body up and just needs to have, I mean, if that is the person that you cared about and their body was being mutilated, basically, I understand completely what Wanda was going through.
2: We find out that, again, we keep talking about when people came back from the snap coming back with the blip, whatever you want to call it. And again, when she was snapped, she saw vision's body. And w- and then she actually says, when I came back, his body was gone. We actually saw on the monitors, people like celebrations for the returned and all that type of stuff. So we keep seeing reminders of where this happens. And when she finally gets there, she's able to see Vision's body. And she actually touches his head and says, I can't feel you. And it was almost as though she almost got a little bit of closure there. But as Agatha says, parents dead, brother dead. Now your love is dead. And that's
0: just a lot. So there was an interview with Elizabeth Olson that some people posted a clip of it's from a couple of years ago and she mentions and I I noticed this at the time that Wanda felt relief when she was you know dissolving in the snap because not only did you know her parents dead brother dead she killed vision then he was brought back to life only to be murdered right in front of her so she had to live through that twice so it was a relief to be gone and then she comes back and it's Five years for everyone else, it's minutes, seconds for her. You know, there's no time to process it. There's only so much moving forward that you can do, that you're allowed to do. And then again, this is something that's hitting me really hard right now that she didn't get to have a funeral. She didn't, you know, most of us, when somebody we love dies, there's a memorial service, there's a funeral, there's something. And because it's been five years and because the government has the body, there's nothing. She doesn't have that closure. Not only does she go, that happens. It's basically like watching your loved one's autopsy, is what I keep thinking of it as, except not really because later on we find out they've been pulling him apart and putting him back together for five years now. And you have her who thinks of him as a person. He's somebody that she loves, that she knows, she talked with, she interacted with. And for Hayward, he's equipment. You hear it when he talks, he corrects himself a few times when he's talking to her. That's the disconnect here, is he sees an asset, a piece of equipment, an inanimate object, a weapon. And Wanda sees her former partner, So there's problems. There's going to be problems with that.
1: At the end, we see Wanda creating WandaVision, Westview, in her image, recreating that. We'll talk about Westview in a second. But she basically creates Vision out of nothing. And I think what's happening there is she's creating the soul of Vision, whereas his body is still in the SWORD headquarters. And we see what happens to that later it's going to present a very interesting two versions of vision and what happens in the future. Vision might not be gone. I thought vision was go- going to be gone out of the MCU. Vision might not be gone.
2: She doesn't create him out of nothing. So first off, she actually goes and touches the body of vision when she sees him, basically the autopsy Remember, she had a little magic when she goes to the house that vision bought and she has her explosion of grief, which, Actually, I actually rewatched Age of Ultron because after this episode, because every time WandaVision ends, they're like, because you watched WandaVision, you should watch Age of Ultron. And I did. And she actually felt when Pietro died and she actually had that similar explosion of energy when Pietro died. And in this case, again, it was important to remember that the Mind Stone had yellow energy and that Vision was powered by the Mind Stone. When she's doing it, it's like that mind stone energy that's in her is actually coming out. And again, we keep talking about how she's creating matter from something. And she's actually, it's almost as though the soul, the mind stone energy in her remembers what vision was like and is actually creating. I know it's not, it's really interesting. It's vision, obviously. Obviously, we realize why he can't leave the Hex because he is a Wanda creation. He is a Wanda creation. But as they keep saying that the stuff in there is real, you know, whatever's inside the Hex is real inside the Hex. So in a way, it's not from nothing. She does create him from that energy and her magic intertwined with vision right before she had that explosion of grief. And I think that's
0: how she was able to do it. Yeah, we know that they both get, well, they don't get their power from the same source. We find out here Wanda's using chaos magic, which, yay! But they both have that Mind Stone connection, and they talk about, I just feel you. They are linked in this very intrinsic way. And I really, really loved when we saw them talk, because... So much of their relationship that we've seen on screen is just kind of informed. Oh, we know they're together in the comics. They're together now. Look, isn't it sad that he's gone? And here we actually see them interacting. We hear them talking about grief. We hear her saying why she fell in love with him. And they literally have a connection. I guess it's similar to her creating an echo of him in a lot of ways. She has that impression. She has, like Michelle said, because she was the one who killed him before Thanos came back and killed him. She had that very visceral connection with him there. And I'm still not entirely certain on the matter aspect of it, but she very definitely did create a person based on him.
1: Yeah, that's why I was thinking that the essence, his soul, is in the vision that's in WandaVision. And we get this white vision based off of the body and the energy that was in the drone is formulating it. I'm unfamiliar with white vision, but I think Lauren has a thing or two to say here.
0: Okay. Back in the 80s and the, you know, Wanda and Vision when they first hooked up in the comics, something you need to know is that in the comics, Vision's personality is based off of Simon Williams, Wonder Man, who there, I believe, there was like a little background logo of his at one point in a behind the scenes thing, but we haven't seen him at all. And later on in the comics, Vision's personality faded. They tried to recreate him, but this time he didn't have that mind imprint. He didn't have that kind of emotional core and the moral core. So you had White Vision, who, yeah, didn't have the garish colors, but most importantly, he was just all, like, there was no emotion there. He was blank. So here you have that in terms of, with Wanda, we have, if not his soul, an echo of his soul. He's sort of like born anew there, but no, he doesn't have that physical body. And here we have the physical body, but no soul. I'm very interested in seeing how they resolve
1: this. Yeah, will the two combine, perhaps? And this is a part of the rebirth of Vision, or I don't know what's going to happen. It's an exciting finale that we have in front of us.
2: Because again, I watched Age of Ultron after this. Vision's eyes were like that blue that kind of reminds you of Ultron and remember... In Age of Ultron, Ultron, quote-unquote, took over Jarvis, and Vision was supposed to be his creation of some sort. I understand if Vision is blank, you know, this new version is just a machine, and we're going, you know, the soul is in the hex, and we're going to get a merge. But part of me is wondering, is it possible for a latent version of Ultron to return? Or I mean, I'm not going to rule it
1: out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah it, there's a lot of unknowns here and it's not like we're all knowing or anything heck it took me eight episodes to get a hey next time we're gonna get a previously on
0: oh felix in the comic pointed out uh, in the comments pointed out that hayward lied about wanda stealing vision when we see it happen here when she's like you know don't bother i'm like okay is she gonna take his body now but no all she wanted to do was get closure that's all she wanted to do she left without causing a further scene after you know she throws out the window and floats down to him but for hayward it's advantageous to say that she did because as this power source she's dangerous she's an unknown quantity to him and he has a very definite plan that he sees going forward in terms of both sword in general and turning vision into a weapon in specific so he needs her out of the picture he needs her out of the picture and he needs hex vision i get either out of the picture or rendered down to component parts as well i didn't like hayward to begin with i like him even less now
1: oh yeah he's not endearing to me whatsoever i was just saying before that i kind of understand the mentality of in his position he's trying to protect the planet and this is what he thinks is the best way to do that. I still think that the way he's going about stuff, the way that he brushed off Darcy and, and Wu in, in Monica in the previous episode, I definitely, he's not the benevolent leader.
2: As I keep saying, I don't want to classify him as purely evil. We have to remember there was global PTSD after Thanos. We keep talking about that five years. Maybe, you know, again, was Thanos coming back what else was going to come is what he's doing him lying about it and him trying to bring back vision is that right no do we understand where he's
0: coming from yes there's a quote that I kept thinking of it's not from Marvel it's from Discworld where characters are talking about sin and evil and shades of gray and one character Granny Weatherwax who's fantastic character mentions sin young man is when you treat people like things and then blah 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 when people say things are a lot more complicated than that it means they're getting worried they won't like the truth people is things that's where it starts
1: all right and talking about people let's talk about the people of westview because we had speculated left right and backwards what they are we actually get to see The people in Westview before the hex is created. We see the mailman as a pizza delivery guy. We see the musician is giving piano lessons or whatever, but it's really not the same Westview, is it, Michelle?
2: No, this is an economically challenged area. It's sort of sad. We saw Mrs. Hart at the coffee shop looking downtrodden, bored perhaps a bit just sad and fake Pietro mentioned. It's like, Hey, you gave these people, you know, better lives, better pay. Everybody's kind of happy, but not really. Cause when vision woke up his coworker, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name. We realized that they're not really exactly enjoying this new version of their lives.
1: Yeah. There's pros and cons basically of what's going on in, Wanda universally decided that this is what she was going to do in order to create the environment where she could get vision back. And that scene, by the way, when she does get vision back and then they go into the Dick Van Dyke style house.
0: That was heartbreaking.
1: Yes. At the very end, when it faded out and you found out you were in a television studio. That was, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Well, again, speaking of people as things, you have Wanda doing exactly that these people who could have been her neighbors, you know, properly if she and Vision had ever actually moved into that house that looked like, I'm guessing it had just started to be built when the snap happened, so now it's just the foundation on an abandoned lot. But these people, she knows nothing about them. She knows nothing about their lives. She knows nothing about the town, except for where it is and that Vision bought a lot there for her. But She's using them as props in her own fantasy. One of the things I wanted to talk about was three mental issues that I saw on display this episode. The first one is complex PTSD. The difference between that and regular PTSD is regular PTSD can be caused by just a single event. Complex PTSD is something that's caused by repeated exposure, whether it's, you know, long-term abuse, a war, just anything over a period of time. We know Wanda is not exactly in the best mental state, even when we first meet her. Dissociation is a thing that can happen, not just in PTSD. It happens in a lot of people. I've had it happen to me. There's a few different types of it. With her, it's the extreme focus type that we see her displaying. When something bad happens and she blocks it out by retreating into that fantasy world of watching tv every time we see her in those flashbacks when something bad happens immediately she's glued to the screen and trying to distract herself and the third thing is called maladaptive daydreaming it's seen again in a lot of mental issues you can you can experience it pretty much any time but it's when this fantasy world that you've created for yourself gets so distracting that it's hard to pull yourself out of it and here we see that taken to an extreme with her literally building that fantasy world where everything turns out fine in the end
1: this is not new in the marvel cinematic universe we've had this happen before iron man three is a good example of tony stark having to deal with the fallout of what had happened in avengers and i think that we're going to get more of that this is Just Wanda's version of it. We're going to get some of it in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to get some of this in in the future Disney Plus shows. I'm kind of glad that they're not taking a film to do it. I'm kind of glad that they're taking these uh, television series, streaming series to do it because it's, I think, more impactful when you lay it out like it's been laid out right here.
0: Certain stories need time to breathe. So I'm very glad that Marvel is doing this.
1: Something that we haven't really discussed in this episode is the color palettes. We've talked about it before, but they're really apparent in this episode. Right, Michelle?
2: Yeah. Wanda's wearing red when she's a kid. She's wearing red with Agatha. She drives a red car. Very much just displaying that she is indeed the Scarlet Witch.
1: I didn't even notice the red car until you put it in the notes and I watched it for the third time. I'm like, oh my gosh, even the car is red.
0: Yeah, it reminds me a lot of, in Power Rangers, here's a group of color-coded teenagers. And you see that here also with Billy and Tommy wearing outfits very similar, colors very similar to their comic book outfits. Here, she wears a lot of red. And we talked last week about Agnes slash Agatha wearing purple. And something that I realized the second time I watched it was purple is halfway between red and blue. So Agatha is somewhere between the witches of her former coven and, you know, Wanda, both in terms of power level and in terms of, I guess, what her powers might be.
1: I'm just trying, I'm giving this a, I don't know why, but the Star Wars, probably because we're talking about colors and lightsaber colors are coming into my mind, but it just kind of gets a Star Wars after order 66 sort of vibe to it of training new people. So Agatha is possibly going to train Wanda because Agatha knows everything about witchcraft and Wanda doesn't know anything about witchcraft. She just knows that she's been using power and it kind of gets into like, how did Obi-Wan teach Luke very sparsely right before Obi-Wan's demise. And more importantly in rebels, you take a look at the relationships there of our favorite. Sith teaching our favorite wannabe Jedi in rebels. Uh, That could be an Agatha Wanda connection too. So who knows what's going to happen?
0: I want to believe Agatha isn't, Evil. Like she's obviously selfish, manipulative. Every time I'm like, oh, I like Agatha, she'd say something just horrible. And I'm like, oh, she's a jerk. But I can't help but like her. I think because I really, really like Katherine Hahn. I've been a huge fan of her since she was on Crossing Jordan back in the day. So I want her to stick around and I want her to be good. Well, if not good, then at least on Wanda's side. But we'll see. We'll see next episode. I think Hayward is ultimately the big bad here.
1: Or whoever Hayward is underneath one or the other. I don't know what I was talking about, by the way, was Maul and Ezra, by the way, and Rebels. I yep. just remembered I didn't actually say the names there. So that's what I'm referring to. And I could totally see Agatha as Maul and Ezra as Wanda in this sort of situation. So anyway, Michelle, did your mom have a chance to watch the episode?
2: Yes, she did. She liked the the episode and, you know, getting the explanation and everything like that. You know, things coming together and everything. She's still, she, yeah, she's still, we talked about how how we've been talking about, like, if Wanda's responsible, it's because it's out of grief and all of that.
1: Especially after last week where she was so confused. This week, she got a lot of the answers, right? Yes. So in the future, we have coming up one episode. I still, I don't know if we're going to get what happened with Agent Franklin or not. That could be something that just long gone. Who knows? I don't know if we're going to find out if there's a different science guy or not. And we'll see if that happens. And here's the big question. Who or what did Agatha learn her dark magic from? Now we have the book. Maybe it's all she found a book or maybe there's somebody that gave her the book or Maybe she was talking to somebody and they gave her the book and said, read up and stuff like I have no idea. You guys have any other predictions for the future here, Lauren?
0: (laughs) I don't know. At this point, it's, you know, I can say I have an educated guess because of the comics, but I really don't at this point. I don't know if the twins are going to stick around. I don't know if the vision that we know and love right now is going to stick around. I think the only thing we can really count on is that Scarlet Witch is going, well, first now she has the superhero name, but she's going to go back to the Avengers at some point. I think that's probably the only thing
1: we can take for sure. I don't necessarily think she ever left, so to speak. I mean, she was just. I feel
0: like she's on a sabbatical right now, like vacation, five years of accumulated vacation time.
1: (laughs) Well, Even it took Monica, what, three or four weeks to come back to S.W.O.R.D. Michelle, you have any predictions for the finale?
2: I think Agatha knows that the twins are not real because the first time she was like, oh, yeah, your children. I think we're going to get I'm sorry, but I think there's just an 80 percent chance they're going to go away because I like the fact that Marvel is just going full on magic because News. I'm jumping ahead to news. Wanda's going directly into Doctor Strange 2. And there's a whole bunch of stuff with the Sorcerer Supreme in there. I remember one point Loki was Sorcerer Supreme. hasn't always been Doctor Strange. So it seems as though we're going to go full on magic. And I kind of like that.
1: Yeah. I'm split on whether the kids and whether the twins are going to stay or not. They could be the start of the young Avengers in whatever form that they want to take, what the MCU wants to take that. On the other hand, it's based on what we've learned so far. I don't see them sticking around either, especially if our theory that the children were created out of agent Franklin. So yeah, I think agent Franklin needs to come back, which is why I keep on bringing them up Poor guy in the beekeeper suit that didn't want to go anyway.
0: Yeah, I know you always have to have, if you have a continuing story, you always have to have those little dangling plot threads. That's what I really want to know. Like, it's bothering me
1: now. <laughs> it is. And and maybe Agent Franklin got lost in the production halt in between, <laughs> you know, the whole pandemic thing. So, 50. yeah, who knows?
0: One last thing. I really, really loved that line that Vision says. What is grief if not love persevering? That again also made me cry
1: that was a heartfelt conversation on the bed in the avengers compound wow vision was treading very lightly because she knew he was outside the wall and she just called him in like okay vision let's get this over with and he came in and she's like well you're gonna come in anyway and he was like well you know it depends on what you want if you don't want me here i'll i'll leave and she's nope come on and sit down and just the back and forth there. She was very direct with him at one point about the closure piece. And then she apologized to him. And I think that kind of cemented their relationship right there. That apology that she apologized to him. He, he took it from there. Well, next Sunday, we're going to talk about the finale to WandaVision. I believe it's going to be the finale of all WandaVision. But as we'll talk later, there's a possibility of a second season to any of these Disney Plus films. So season one, episode nine, untitled as of when we're recording now, next week. Meantime, we do have a lot of news to cover.
2: We have news about Kevin Feige at the Television Critics Association Tour.
0: He's apparently discussing things like the shows that they're about to start filming and whether or not they're going to get seasons two or three of different shows. Some quotes that he said. Some of the shows that I mentioned that we're about to start filming were keeping in mind a structure that would lead into a season two and season three in a more direct way than a show like WandaVision, which clearly goes into a feature. Perhaps one day we'll chart out five seasons of a show. When asked about the possibility of a WandaVision season two, Feige said, I've been at Marvel too long to say a definitive no to anything. But since the show is designed to feed right into the next Doctor Strange movie, which is actually shooting right now in london we'll see we'll see where dr strange leaves off we'll see where the future marvel movies leave off
1: a couple of notes here this was marvel's first foyer into the tca the television critics association in any form because they really haven't had the mcu based television series and we'll get into that in a little bit In the past, but because Disney Plus is clearly have multiple series out there and there are all in the MCU that they decided to show up for this. And it was a big event for Kevin Feige to be at. So thank you, Marvel. Thank you, Disney. Thank you, Kevin Feige, for being there, because we still have more to talk about.
2: Yeah, we have news about a couple of Disney Plus
0: shows. Okay, so first off, there was a new trailer for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Which again, every trailer I see, I just get more excited. And we have a Loki series premiere date, which was revealed by Disney Plus at the TCAs this week. It will be premiering on June 11th, 2021. Yeah,
1: so the next series that we've got up will be The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Its premiere date is March 19th. When that runs out, we'll have a couple of weeks in between the Loki series. And I. Liken so far how Disney is doing this, how Marvel is doing this. As I stated before, I am slightly concerned about there being too much in both Star Wars and in Marvel that is being given to us rather than resting a little bit. I think the combination of the Marvel Cinematic Universe getting to the crescendo of Endgame. And then the long hiatus after that, I think that made us all ready eventually for WandaVision and we're all great about WandaVision. The same is kind of true over The Mandalorian, although that was a little bit more compressed. I'm just worried that if we get six, seven of these every year, that might be too much, kind of like it was too much over on Netflix when we were doing the Defenders Universe. So that's my little cautionary tale as we go into it. In the meantime, I'm really enjoying this stuff.
0: I think the fact that we're getting weekly drops instead of, okay, we got to binge this all at once is definitely helping to space all of this out. Again, I'm somebody who just loves to have all the content. So I'm perfectly fine with all of this, but we'll see. And speaking of uh, another television show, I just remembered this came out. So I added it. Do you remember? A few months back, we were talking about how Marvel made a deal with Hulu for some TV series. Well, the trailer for one of them just came out. It's MODOK with Patton Oswald as the voice of MODOK. Have either of y'all seen the trailer? Not yet.
1: I haven't seen the trailer, but I do remember hearing about this now.
0: It's funny. If, you, if you're familiar with Robot Chicken, it's very much in that sort of stop motion style. Not that all stop motion is Robot Chicken. It's not. But it's. The way this particular way that it's done and that the figures look very much so robot chicken. It looks funny. It looks and again, Pat Noswalt was a great choice for the voice of Modok. I'm excited, and
2: we have Spider Man news.
0: Okay, so earlier this week we got Instagram posts from each of the main three cast members of the new Spider Man movies. Tom Holland gave He's like, oh, here's the title. And it's like phone home. And then Zendaya is like, wait a minute. This is the one I got. And it's something else. And Jacob Batalon got one. and It's another one. They're like, oh, this is ridiculous. Let's go talk to John. And so the next day, it's a little video of them walking out of the director's office. And they're like, oh, that can't be the title. That's the worst one yet. And they pass a whiteboard with a bunch of like rejected titles on it. They're really funny. But the title is going to be No Way Home. And at the moment, it is slated for release only in theaters. We'll see how the world is at that point. but
1: That'll be December of 2021. So, yeah, I'm curious as to what the world is going to be like then as well. Well, that is it for the news, and we have some feedback to talk about.
0: We got feedback from Twitter. Okay, so first off, we have something from Mr. Pericles. Finally, we have the long sought after answer. And it's from Endgame. It's Thor yelling into the phone, Who was Noob Master 69? It was Agatha all along. I like I that. I really love the Agatha all along memes.
1: Yeah, we said we were going to get a lot more memes this week. That was one of them. That was good.
0: And we also had a tweet from at LVNVNWA. I was not ready and I was seeing myself in Wanda so much in the love and joy of TV that the hit had me jump back in response to, and the bomb drops, literally. That's another reason why I love this episode so much. If you're somebody who is dealing or has dealt with Lots of grief in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, I feel like this hits really hard.
1: And it's good to hear from the audience, too, that it wasn't just us. It was everybody that was watching it. We also got feedback from our live YouTube stream last week for the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 365 on the previous episode of WandaVision. And it's really in-depth. It's too long to read out, so I won't read out the entire thing. However, first of all, I want to thank Billy the Kid Lawrence, who was the account that wrote back, for writing such an extensive comment on our YouTube video from last week. And Billy, you are clearly passionate about the topic. You have sourced it out well and used your examples. Thank you very much for checking out our show. We're honored to have somebody as knowledgeable and passionate as yourself watch our show enough to respond to what was basically, and I went back to the episode and listened to 45 second clip and really just like a 10 second clip in our previous episode. It was all about me. That's why I'm responding here. Secondly, for those that did not see the comment, here is what Billy was responding to quote. And this is me talking in the previous episode quote, but since Kevin Feige has kind of sort of said that the agents of shield was no longer part of the MCU, I'm thinking it's more aligned to Dr. Strange. Than the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., unquote. And we were talking about the origin of the Dark Hold in there. Truthfully, my statement was poorly worded as it wasn't the prime portion of our discussion. And I was trying to quickly go over the point to frame what the magical book could be, whether it was the Dark Hold or not. So, truthfully, you're right to have a reaction to it because it wasn't worded well. And here's why it's fair to say that Kevin Feige to my knowledge, has never actually said anything specific about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the MCU as canon as the show went into its final two seasons. Never heard him say anything. That's why in my verbiage I said kind of sort of because I know I've never heard anything from him. If somebody listening to this knows of a direct statement from Kevin, please let me know. But here's the thing. My comment and my current belief is that the final two seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are not in the MCU as we've known it. They're not canon, therefore. And it's derived from the fact that Feige has never said anything positive to include Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. within the MCU, or negative to exclude it, other than using the characters in MCU projects, which so far has been retro in nature only, and the example given is Coulson and Captain Marvel. And basically, my belief is By Kevin omitting the confirmation of the last two seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in MCU as canon, he's created a significant enough doubt for me, my beliefs, that where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended was not, in fact, MCU canon. However, this is a very important... for. However, I will allow for the fact that if the multiverse is explained within the MCU, and we could be getting that very shortly, much like the DC's CW crisis event that happened last year... That Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could be within a broader MCU multiverse and therefore be canon. And from Kevin Feige's TCA panel, which we just discussed, there was two quotes that were tweeted out. First, and this is from the A. Zelbin Twitter account, by the way. Alex Zelbin is the owner of the account. Quote, I think there are legions of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans and Daredevil fans and Jessica Jones fans and Luke Cage fans who would disagree with you, unquote. Feige says when asked about why his approach is potentially more successful than previous Marvel TV. There was a second tweet, and this is all in a stream of consciousness, that Alex said, quote, there are often rumors that are true and often rumors that are not true. Feige says, saying it was fun to have Clark Gregg come back for Captain Marvel, but won't saying anything about other Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters returning. Quote, everything else we'll have to see, unquote.
0: I love how Iron Fist was not mentioned. <laughs>
1: yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, there's only so many characters, right? In a tweet. So Billy's opening comment is a very extensive, knowledgeable comment, by the way. Billy's opening comment, quote, not about WandaVision, but regarding the prime MCU, Earth 199,999, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is 100% canon, taking place and fitting perfectly within that universe, unquote. My comment to that is be very, and this is based on experience, by the way, be very careful about absolutes when it comes to a fictional universe. Canon can change over time within Disney, give the example of Star Wars, unfortunately. And if it isn't specifically stated by those in charge of Disney creative content, there will always be ambiguity. So, again, Thank you again very much, Billy. I really appreciate it. I read through the comment several times. Thank you very much for your comment and for listening to our show and watching Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We are very grateful to have read your comment.
2: We want Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be canon. That is something we love. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We have tried to fit it in, like before their time jump you know they they mentioned briefly something happening in new york and we're thinking that's perhaps thanos attacking or something you know i think they wanted to try to keep it like the thread going we want it to we want it to so much we want the we want the netflix marvel shows to be canon so much but there's been talk of rebooting things and reimagining things. And it comes to a point where if Kevin Feige says, yes, it is, then it is. There's always hope. For example, for those of us who are Star Wars fans, in the old extended universe, there was Admiral Thrawn. We were very upset when there was going to be a new canon. But then we watched Rebels. And then, lo and behold, we got Admiral Thrawn. So there is always a chance of little, like I said, Kevin Feige has so many toys now. He can do whatever he wants. He has everything from the Netflix shows coming back to him. He's got the mutants and he's got the fantastic four. He has all the toys and it's up to him how he wants to use them.
0: And even if they decide, okay, these shows are canon, these shows aren't, it's not going to stop me from reading fanfic where it's all set in the same universe. So I just like having these things in my life. I'll be bothered about where the canon fits later. There's not enough time in my day for me to be as worried about that as I used to be when I was younger. But I do want to see them all on screen together. I was really, really, really hoping that we'd get like Daisy and Coulson in Endgame. And I was very sad it didn't happen. There is a rumor that they might be in upcoming movies. But again, it's all just a rumor. We've heard a lot of rumors before that never came to pass.
1: And just so I'm on record, I did enjoy agents of shield greatly. And I would like, I mean, we covered it for, I covered it from season one, all the way to the end. I would very much like to see it as part of the MCU canon Somehow. I just think that it needs some explaining, which can be done. Right. But Kevin Feige hasn't said anything yet. So I'm just hoping for the best basically. And yes, I would love to see people like Daisy in the, the future MCU in the comment, by the way, Billy runs through where everybody is in their lives right now. And yes, I don't disagree with any of that. You are spot on. We covered it all the way through. Got it. And yeah, I would very much like to see that continue because it was a fun show all the way to the end.
0: Yeah, I really liked seeing that comment. I love the super well thought out. First, I didn't mean to sound dismissive when I was like, oh, I'll read it in fanfic. It's just that I like having these characters in my life. And now that they're not in my life anymore, I'm like, well, how do I keep this alive? Fanfic. So that's where my mind always goes. But back to this comment, it was extremely well researched. It had a lot of stuff that I hadn't thought about actually or had forgotten about because I have a mind like Swiss cheese. Thank you so much for writing that in. And we hope to hear back from you again.
1: The comment, by the way, will be in the show notes. So if you're listening to this in the podcast version later, go to the show notes and you'll be able to read the full comment as well as my prepared response to the comment.
0: And we have an email from 084. We do indeed. I keep thinking about how we got the amazing photon slash spectrum origin in episode seven, but most of the chatter was about that ostensibly a big name comic book character wasn't involved in it, or how a lot of the theorizing has phrases in it like. It had better be. It better be. If it's not blank, I'm gonna. Ever wonder if the real big bad of WandaVision, the people Agnes might be pulling all of these strings for the benefit of, even though in the end it probably won't even be good enough, is us, the audience? I have seen a lot of people being like, oh, it has to be this. It has to be this. There've, a lot of fan culture these days is very different than it was when I was first getting really involved in fandom because. Of social media there's a lot more closeness to the creators a lot more feeling of ownership so i was reading an article about this last week i want to say about how fandom now is different in that regard it's not that i don't think people are going to be like oh if it's not blank i'm gonna stop watching whatever a lot of that i think is hyperbole But we all have very definite ideas of how we want, you know, thing to go. In fact, you've heard me talk before. This is how I would have done this correctly, blah, blah, blah. But we don't have the whole picture, which is, you know, I'm guessing because of they're like, okay, we're plotting out these shows to be like two or three season arcs, blah, blah, blah. I'm guessing they have the bigger picture arc of how they want phase four to go. I'm going to hope that they do in any case, and I'm going to trust that anything that happens in this show is to the benefit of that story. So if we don't get the X-Men, if we don't get Magneto, if we don't get, you know, whatever, Mephisto, I'm not going to be disappointed. I know a lot of people might be. I'm not going to be. I'm just glad that we got this. But I do also like that theory that Agnes is, Agnes is manipulating us, the audience. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of very meta stuff that she said in this episode. We know that she's a fantastic manipulator from her talking to her coven early. We had that whole Agnes all along section, and we see exactly how she's been manipulating things. I do really, really like that fourth wall interpretation.
2: Yes, we have expectations and I love, one of the things I love about doing the shows, we can be like, what if this, what if that? It's very rare for me to say, oh, this piece of media did this and that's why I'm, you know, no longer watching it. That does happen. But it's not, you know, if this isn't, you know, if we don't get Mephisto or something, I'm not going to cry about it and then stop watching. For me, it's like something big has to happen. Like they have to make fun of a certain group or support a certain somebody by keeping them in job or whatever yeah that's i know fandom has just gotten or the whole ownership or like because i've paid money to watch your movie you now have to respond to me on twitter i'm also like in the twitch oh my gosh the twitch good grief like i pay i'm a subscriber to your channel therefore whenever i comment You need to reply back to me. You need to be talking to me, even though there's 300 other people in here. Don't you realize I'm one of your subscribers and you have to talk to me personally or because I'm one of your subscribers, I get to say whatever I want. Guess what? No, you don't. You don't own them. They don't owe you anything besides good, consistent content. That's what you're paying for. So I will stop here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed the same thing, by the way, on YouTube membership channels. Where if there's a live stream, there's comments and people get angry that there's not, if they're members, that they're not being responded to. I'm like, I don't care. I'm just, if I'm a member, I am a member of a couple of channels. So if I'm a member of your channel, I am just doing it because I like your content and that's it. I expect nothing else back, but uh, good content. And If you stop giving me good content, I'm going to stop being a member.
0: That's basically it. Yeah, there's. The phenomenon is actually called parasocial relationships. I highly recommend reading up on it. In, you know, the time of right now, everybody has such close access to the people producing their media. I've noticed that more and more, I'm I'm part of the critical role fandom and people seem to think that the cast, you know, who's just playing a role-playing game and happens to stream it, that they are owed something by the fact that I am watching this, therefore you have to do this thing. And it's, you know, there's taking constructive criticism and there's demanding. And the two are not often, it doesn't go well when you start making demands of creators. People, I know personally, if somebody tells me to do a thing, I will not do it out of spite. Yeah, and fandoms have gotten toxic
2: I no longer watch critical role fandoms part of it. I haven't watched the last star Wars movie because of the fandom because of just for some reason, I just can't, I almost didn't want to watch the Mandalorian. I didn't actually start watching the Mandalorian until a few of, you know, my friends were like, yes, it's good. You don't need to worry about X, Y, and Z. And that's one of the things that sometimes will make me stop is if the fandom's just too
0: toxic and
2: I just can't handle it.
0: Yeah. This is why I stick to my little corner of Twitter and the few friends that I have in fandoms and I'm like, hey, wasn't this a thing? I'm going to ignore everybody else because that is how I stay sane.
1: All right. I could go further, but I'm not going to. I think we've covered it. well <laughs> We have enough. a
0: lot of opinions on fandom. <laughs>
1: Well, we do, okay? I mean, we podcast because we're fans, so there you go. And I podcast on various different fandoms, so I have various different fandoms worth of uh, knowledge in my head, just like you two do. Anyway, I think it's time that we choose a little diversion, and Lauren, what would you we do right now?
0: Um, I think we look behind us, pick one of those doors, and walk through it.
1: This was a little bit longer episode. I anticipate next week we might be a little longer too with the finale, but in any case, thank you very much for listening all the way to the end. We really value your watching us on YouTube, you're listening to us in the podcast, and we really enjoy all your feedback. No matter how long, no matter how critical it is of us, we enjoy it. Thank you very much for giving it to us. I really appreciate you, and that's why we podcast because we don't do it for ourselves. We do it so that we can talk to you as well. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you to the people who show up for the live tweets on Saturday. I've really enjoyed doing them. I love seeing the GIF reactions, the observations that people had. It's just a big, fun thing. So thank you for bringing that little joy into my life.
2: Yeah, thank you to everyone who comes on Discord, respects our spoilers, and also drops in memes. Again, the Agatha all along. One of them was shared, I think, on Twitter about Agatha being responsible for the crisis on Infinite Earths or anything. I remember I replied, and I canceled Supergirl, too, because Supergirl <laughs> got canceled. <laughs> that
1: was a good one. This is a good reply, too. Well, thank you very much. And until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. See everybody next time finale, WandaVision. Woo! Looking forward to it. Bye. This is like the week before Endgame came out. Oh. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to GunnaGeek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit LegendsOfShield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin MacLeod, found at Incompetech.com, and also artists on Pond5.com and AudioJungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel
2: Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
1: So I saw a cool meme, and it actually caused me to go and do a lot of research, because I was like, oh, dang. So the meme is uh, breaking D. Bradley Barker, or Baker, excuse me. D. Bradley Baker. Yeah, has reportedly quit halfway through the production on Clone Wars, spinoff, series Star Wars, The Bad Batch, due to conflicts with the voice actors of the other Batch members. (laughs) You got me really worried for a (laughs) second. Yeah, well, it was more than a second for me. I was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And then, duh, he is all the Bad Batch voices. So, like, dang. I also was watching Solo, a Star Wars story, and halfway through, I was like, "What? Wait, no, wait, huh?" <laughs> Dryden Voss is, Paul, is Bettany, Paul Bettany. Yep. Who is Vision? I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And. I know we talked about it before, but it completely slipped my mind. And I'm watching and I'm like, Dryden Voss, he looks familiar. Why does he look familiar? He sounds familiar. Why does he sound familiar? (laughs) And I didn't look anything up. I was on the treadmill while I was watching it. And I was like, halfway through, I just looked at the screen. You know, I'm running and I cock my head and I'm looking at the screen. That's vision. Oh my gosh. I need a break. Talking about brakes and home ownership, I lost my water heater on Friday, actually Thursday night. Oh, geez. So it's still in, it's dripping, and it's leaking, uh, but it's leaking into the floor drain that it's supposed to leak into. So on Friday, I contacted the place that installed it. Cause I didn't install this one. This was my first, I am going to use somebody else because I am not going to carry that water heater up the stairs. Cause you know, they, when they get used, they get all sorts of crap in there and they weigh a ton. Like I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have somebody else do it. So I hired a plumber to take it up the stairs or to replace it, take the old one up the stairs. So I did that. And that was five and a half years ago. These things have six year, Hardware warranty at the minimum, you know, you get a minimum one. You can get higher warranties, nine, 12 years higher up the ladder you go. And so I contacted them and said, Yeah, we'll come out. And I said, Well, it should still be under warranty. They're like, Yeah, we'll call. So they called the place, which I will not name here, the place, uh, the hardware place, didn't call them back. So eventually they called the place back late in the afternoon and the guy was supposed to show up at two o'clock. And it had gotten to be, like, three or something. So I called him, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, well, we'll we'll find out. And I was, like, really concerned. Like, what's going on with the warranty? So it turns out that this particular place doesn't rely upon either a plumber, licensed plumber, or a homeowner. They need visual proof. So I had to go ahead and take pictures of all of my plumbing, the water heater, everything that the water heater was hooked up to where it failed, which I can't see because it's you know rusted underneath it's leaking underneath, but it showed the water in the pan, had to show the shutoff valve, had to show the water softener that I was in, and supposedly the input to the water on the outside, which I don't think I can see, I think it comes in underground anyway, I sent all that off, and it was about closing time on Friday, and didn't hear back it I'm like, okay, I'll call back tomorrow, so i call back, yes yeah, yesterday, which was tomorrow Saturday and They approved the replacement, but now I have to wait for them to tell me where I get to go to pick up this replacement water heater, which I assumed that they weren't going to be able to do over the weekend. So now I have to take another day off tomorrow to track down a new water heater to have it to actually go get it. I have to go get it, bring it back so the plumber can install it Fun. At least I don't have to pay for the new water heater. I will have to pay for the installation. but Wow.
0: Dang. Yeah.
1: Any news on the house? Did it survive okay? You said you were going to get another survey.
0: Uh, Yeah, there's no damage. We we rehired the uh, inspector to go through and take a look at it. Everything's fine. We did have to move the signing date to the 10th because the lending company lost You know, everybody lost a whole week of work here. Right,
1: right. Okay. So the tenth it is. Yeah. A little over two
0: weeks to get moved. That's gonna be stressful.
1: Thank you very much for for doing this. This has been really fun. I've I've really enjoyed WandaVision, so I'm glad I have you guys do it. My daughter, by the way, is now subscribed to the Gonna Geek channel, the one that's getting married. Hey. And uh because she was telling me all these after shows she was watching about all the great information about WandaVision and the comics and stuff she was getting. And I, I just, you know, you know, I do one of those. And she's like, no, what? So, yeah, it's it's on YouTube. It's, you know, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's part of the Gonna Geek channel. So you, you'd have to subscribe to Gunna Geek. She's like, y- you do one of those? Yeah, yes, yes, I I, I do. So she's been watching. She was probably one of the ones that was watching tonight, and she really likes all the comic background that you're able to give, Lauren, and, and she loves your takes, Michelle. So uh, She uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't like yeah. me, but she really <laughs> likes you guys. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
0: <sighs> Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2021.